listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to a new episode. Recording this on a Sunday evening. Don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can check us out pretty much anywhere you get your podcast fix. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, check us out, silverscreenandroll.com. Basketball, about a month away now from officially being back. That means the site is going to get rolling again with lots of coverage for the Lakers, uh, breaking down matchups, analysis, stats, you name it, we have it all there. Joining me for this episode, as always, Anthony Irwin. Anthony, what's going on, my man? Man, Cam Newton is in Boston. I know. I saw that news earlier today, and I was like, what? Like, Cam Newton? But <laughs> how do you think that's going to go? I have no idea, but I'm here to watch. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, Cam Newton in Boston, like, with, with – the, I think I think like the the mayor of Boston actually like uh, declared a, a a citywide or you know emergency for their racial tensions in that in that in that city and the uh, historical racism throughout that that area and uh, yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting watching how they handle uh, Cam Newton I I actually think it's gonna work out football wise but but who knows I have no idea I don't know if we're gonna have football but I can't wait. Yeah, I'm like I'm with you on that too. I was actually thinking that because I write for the 49ers website too, and and I'm like, what am I? I'm writing about this like there's certainly going to be an NFL season next year, right? So when I saw the when I saw the Cam Newton news break, I'm like, okay, got to write up a post on this. But um, I'm looking at that too, and the fit in Boston, and you know, being on the heels of Brady, a great white quarterback, you know what I mean? And everybody mm-hmm. loves him there, and then so he's gonna have to come in and fill the shoes. But I'm with you, man. I think Bill Belichick with Newton. I don't know what, what they have in uh, Jared Stidham, but. Uh, with Newton, it's like that's going to be an interesting fit, and if anybody's going to make it work, it's Belichick, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, it's funny to see people like, well, you know, maybe maybe Stidham will still bite him, beat him out. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. what <laughs> this is one about? of the most physically dominating quarterbacks like we have ever seen, and like, yeah, he has he has some like serious questions about his shoulder and and other parts of his body that you know were broken down because Ron Rivera treated him like a battering ram. But like, yeah, I, if he's healthy, there is no universe in which he, he doesn't get the starting nod here. And and like the one thing is, you know, the, the reason Brady was able to succeed with with Belichick was that like Brady is hugely accurate. So, you know, as as an accurate quarterback, Cam, Cam Newton has never really been that even at his at his physical peak. Uh, he, he does have a bit of an erratic arm, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm just here to watch it. It was just, you know, today was the first time that I, I, you know, legitimately was able to just lose myself in a sports story in a, in a while. Like it's been, it's been a minute, you know, between this and then, you know, earlier they, they released the schedule for the Lakers and for the rest of the NBA, who's going to play out there in, in Orlando. And like, it was nice to just kind of dip back into, all right, this is, this is the sports thing. That I get to focus on for 15 minutes and then, you know, look around you and and, you know, see, see everything else that's going on in the country, in the world. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, I, I saw that new uh, Newton news break and I'm like, actually, the first thing I did is I went to NFL Network and I went to ESPN. I'm like, they're not going to have anybody standing by to talk about this right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> we're in a different world. If it was regular, I'm sure one of the networks would have been like breaking news and coming in. But the immediate aftermath, I didn't see it on there. But it was good to see that. We did get some more sports news, which I know we're thrilled about. Again, we don't know what's going to happen with the NBA season. Um, I think it's a good sign. Only 16 players tested positive for them with the Sacramento Kings. So mm-hmm. uh, you're going to be able to kind of isolate and, and, and do that. But the NBA schedule is out. So let's go over this. The Lakers, I'm going to give you the eight-game rundown. Their opener is against the Clippers. 
Uh, that's obviously it's, it's considered a marquee matchup, I would say, on, on night one. Does it mean anything in terms of the standings? Probably not too much. Uh, game two, they got the Raptors, then Utah, OKC, Rockets, Pacers, Nuggets, Kings is, is how they finish it up before they get into the playoffs. When you look at when you look at that schedule, do you think this eight games means anything for the Lakers right now? Well, I mean, they need to they need to get back to where how they were playing before this uh, hiatus, and then and then they have to figure out how they're going to handle not having Avery Bradley in the rotation. So, like they they have some things that they have to figure out in terms of wins and losses. Uh, like if they win that first game against the Clippers, that basically solidifies them. Like it at that point, it's not mathematically over, but it's damn close. So, if they can win that first game when when everybody comes back, uh, I, I think that that really allows them to coast and focus on whatever it's going to take to to get them ready for the playoffs. So I'm, I'm that's that's basically how I'm looking at all these games, but. But I, I also think like what's going to be interesting here too is like the, on top of learning how to play with without Avery Bradley, getting the conditioning and the rhythm back, how they were playing uh, before all this stuff started. But also important is like learning how to play in the specific building that they're going to like handling that situation and getting used to the situation where there aren't going to be fans. Uh, it's going to be very, you know, it's going to be a very different building and setting compared to how they're used to usually playing uh, basketball games, like all of this stuff. Uh, the, these eight games are, I think it's like, I think they're going to play a few exhibition games too, right? So like this, yeah. these 10-ish games, you know, 10 or 12 games that they're going to play, uh, I, there's just, there's so many variables that they have to put a finger on. And however they do that, that to me is what I'm a lot more interested in than, you know, their their final record through, through the eight games. So I think they can go five and three. Well, I'm looking at, I'm saying, you know what, don't even that first game, like you're saying, I mean, what the Lakers right now have a, have a five and a half game lead on the clips. Even if you lose, you're still up four and a half. I just don't want any soft tissue injuries. I think that's my, the way I'm looking at it, like coming back and forcing it and, and pulling something. And then you have to miss a couple of weeks. I just think that they should try. I mean, that that's a tough schedule. They're playing a real tough. The only team that's really outside looking in right now is the Kings, which is their, their final game of the, uh, of the, of the restart. But like, I'm looking at it like, damn, you don't want LeBron coming back at, you know, 35, 36 years old trying to be like, all right, you know what, uh, I'm going to hop in and, and, and be ready to go right away. I'm sure he's taking care of himself and all that. But playing in the actual game, and like you mentioned, because I had uh, Devontae Kaycock on the podcast with me last week, and I asked him about that as well. I said, hey, what, you know, what do you think about playing in front, you know, with no fans and, and no whatever? And he's like, obviously, it's going to take an, an adjustment period, but at the end of it, it's still the game. You know what I mean? And, and you're still out there and you're still playing, and, and I'm going to compare it to me playing in uh, – in uh in in club games and stuff when i'm younger yeah sometimes you walk in the gym to play an 8 30 a.m game there's nobody there but as a player and i'm not going to compare compare it to the nba but as a player you're still damn intense you know what i mean you still want to yeah. win but uh again i'm used to playing in front of empty gyms these guys are used to playing in front of packed stadium so i think that makes a, that makes a big difference but yeah I, I don't know like even even with this with this restart it's like okay you're gonna go there you're gonna you're gonna have to be sequestered what do you think that even with the the avery bradley news um do you, do you support his decision to sit out, or are you kind of like, well, he could have tried to make it work? No, I mean, he 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 made a decision for his family. Yeah. Uh, I I you know I personally have a heart condition um, that eventually is like gonna like require surgery to take care of. It, Jen uh, has lived with uh, rheumatoid arthritis like her basically whole, her whole life, yeah. so like Avery is gonna have some kind of congenital disease, right? She's gonna get something from us. And 
for me, like as as a dad, if if I was going to do something that might put her in danger, I would just I would just sit it out. Like I, I wouldn't even yeah. risk it. So um, I totally understand where he's coming from there. I think it's really <laughs> really kind of sucks that it takes the well being of a child for people to see the you know the humanity of athletes right like we we saw with avery bradley why he made his decision trevor ariza um you know he's he's in the middle of a of a uh child like the 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 what's the word i'm thinking of he's he's in the he's in the middle of the uh of a battle a court battle to be able to like have uh to be able to see his kid you know like he's I people are probably screaming at their radio, like whatever, whatever they're listening to the word that I'm thinking of. But but yeah, a custody battle. Thank you. Yeah. Custody, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so he's like it took it. You know, it takes like people seeing Ariza go through this custody battle. Avery Bradley's like kid has respiratory issues. And then, you know, whatever. The only player who like has said like, no, nah, I just don't feel really feel like playing has been Davis Bertans. Yeah. Right. Bertans from from uh, Washington. So it sucks that it takes like those kinds of situations to see the human element here. But, you know, for Avery Bradley, I, you know, I, I completely understand somebody who was already kind of on the fence about whether or not they were going to play. And then this, you know, once, once it became evident that his kid would either be put at risk whenever Bradley comes back from the bubble or wouldn't be able to go into the bubble. Right. Uh, yeah. And feel very safe. Uh, I, I think that was a pretty easy decision for Bradley to make. How much do you think it, it, it's going to it's going to hurt the team? Because I'm looking at it. I mean, and, and the rumor to be looking at J.R. Smith as, as as a guy to bring in. But um, Avery Bradley had a pretty solid season. He, he only played in 44 games, but um, ended up finishing 8.6 points, 2.3 rebounds, uh, just over an assist a game. Obviously, he's not a big numbers guy. He's more of a defensive player and and, and a role player. And I think he was very very effective playing alongside uh, LeBron and AD as well, considering what he bought. And I mean, that game against the Clippers last one. He went off, mm -hmm. right? You know, at the Staples Center. That was that was a big one, too. But you're looking at it, and this is uh, taking some notes from uh, Silver Screen Roll, one of the podcast hosts, Alex uh, Regular on Twitter. Um, you know, the net rating with the team, a little bit better um, with him on than it is off. It's only a .6 difference point uh, per 100 possessions. But you're looking at it. Bradley hit some, hit some you know, hit hit uh, pretty consistently hit threes from the corner. And I think that's what J.R. Smith brings in as well. Now, J.R. Smith has been on the street for, for you know, a long, long period of time. Do you think that's going to, how much do you think that's going to hurt the team? Or do you think they're, they're going to benefit from bringing in J.R. Smith over, in, you know, to replace Bradley? I'm not positive they're actually going to bring Smith in. Um, no. You know, I the fact that they haven't really done that yet, uh, it, I, I think that speaks pretty loudly to them, you know, still looking at their options there. Actually, I saw Justin Anderson go to Brooklyn, I believe is where he went. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he actually would have been an interesting option for the Lakers He's like a big physical small forward, uh, especially defensive small defensive minded small forward. That would have been kind of nice for the Lakers to to look in that direction. Um, so yeah, I I'm not positive that it that it's going to be J.R. Smith. In terms of what the Lakers are going to miss from Avery Bradley, I, I think they're going to miss quite a bit. I when Avery Bradley played his best basketball, the Lakers were damn near unbeatable. I don't know how you guard the Lakers if Avery Bradley is taking and hitting shots consistently. And, you know, we really saw that in that Clippers game, right? That's that was a Western Conference Finals preview. And and he showed out in the Lakers, I thought, were pretty uh, comfortably the better team out there when when because of how he played. So uh, they're going to have to replace that. I, I do think 
you know, KCP offers some of what they're going to miss from from Bradley, and I think Alex Caruso is going to offer some of what they're going to miss from Avery Bradley. Uh, but I, you know, I, is Frank Vogel going to lean too heavily on Rajon Rondo? Like that's a that's a legitimate concern, I think. Please no, uh, please and, no. I, we don't want <laughs> we don't want to see too much more Rondo. Please, yeah, right? it's going to ruin. Well, but like if you if you had to bet on it, right? Like if you had to bet on who between Rondo and Caruso was going to get more minutes over this stretch, I think I would probably bet Rondo. You know, as 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 just demoralizing as that kind of sounds, I think that's probably how this is going to go. Yeah. Um, and at least until Caruso really shows or Rondo really shows, because like the thing with Rondo too is that like we're waiting for for the coaching staff to realize, God, this guy sucks. But but uh, <laughs> yeah, so how but, can you like, guys not realize it at this point, right? <laughs> right, right. Like this is this is you know it's like it's like pouring outside. Like man, I could use an umbrella. You know, it's it's not it's not this isn't some you know insane thing that it takes a ton of basketball IQ to to figure out but yet here we are where they were still leaning pretty heavily on Rondo uh before everything stopped and I I haven't really seen anything that that points me in the direction of like yeah maybe maybe we'll see some change there if anything I think it's more likely that that because of all this time they've talked themselves into some new way that Rondo cannot be a complete disaster out there yeah, and I, I, they're going to have to figure out that that hole because I mean Bradley did miss some some time during during this season as well. And the Lakers, I mean, don't get me wrong, I it's hard to say, and I'm not I'm not demeaning Avery Bradley's contributions to the team. I would say, but I mean, does it? You know, it's not like you're like, oh man, you know, I'm not going to even compare it to like Anthony Davis or someone. But it's he's not going to it's not going to kill their team. You know what I mean? To have a chance at uh, at winning a championship, does it hurt? Absolutely, right. Uh, but does it does it make him like, oh, my God, that drops the Lakers below the Clippers? I, I don't I don't really think so. But um, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how Vogel does fill the roles and, and how our guys are going to be. Our minutes going to be handled differently because they're playing in, in one spot. Maybe they look at it and say, we don't have travel fatigue. You know, we don't have to do this and that. So you're kind of there. Our treatment, you're getting more treatment because you have more time to be there and you're not really having to shuffle around. So there's so many dynamics to it. But I do look at it and think, yeah, you know, if you're bringing in a guy like a J.R. Smith, you know, like a, any other player who might be available right now, you're not going to really be able to, to plug what Avery Bradley bought. But like you mentioned from within, a guy like KCP can raise his level, right? Uh, and we're just hoping we're not going to see Rajon Rondo out there uh, blindly throwing stupid passes and, and sucking it up on defense. That's that, that's the way I think the Lakers should look at it. Because if, if Vogel does end up playing uh, Rondo more minutes, that, that is a complete negative to the team, no? Yeah, no, it, it absolutely, that'd be the absolute wrong thing to do. I, I, I think that's the only like objectively wrong thing to do here. You could give yeah. KCP minutes, and I think there's an argument for that. You can give Alex Caruso minutes, and I think there's an argument for that. You could uh, just, you know, if, if it is J.R. Smith that they bring off the streets or Dion Waiters, right? If you want to see what those guys can offer in a spot where the Lakers just need to degum the uh, offense, then you know those guys are an option. the The only the only option here that like as it would be happening that I would be kind of nervous about or not really like is, is Rondo. And, you know, I don't, I, I can't definitively say that that isn't the direction that Frank Vogel is going to go in here. You know, it's just, you, you don't know, but um, I, I also like the, the Lakers, one of the things, so I, I agree with you that losing Bradley isn't like single handedly from just like a purely basketball standpoint, isn't enough to, you know, knock the Lakers down in terms of power rankings. But one of the things that made the Lakers super special, maybe the thing that 
that makes the Lakers super special has been their chemistry. And uh, just in terms of what he does on the court and how guys respond to what he does on the court, Bradley was very important there, very impactful there. And and that's that's the thing I think I'm the most nervous about because like when, when Bradley was getting up in whether it was Luka Doncic or you know Patrick Beverly or or any any you know Eric Bledsoe in 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 whatever matchup that the Lakers were in, mm-hmm. and if Bradley was giving somebody problems defensively, the Lakers really seemed to respond really well to that. And for a team that relied as heavily on on chemistry as they did this year, just messing with that chemistry in any way is something that I would I'd be pretty nervous about. I now the nice thing is because of how strong their chemistry was. They are better situated to deal with this kind of adversity, but but you know I don't know how this is going to go, and and I do know that you know uh, Anthony Davis has specifically mentioned and uh, Avery Bradley's defense. LeBron uh, mm-hmm. constantly talks about it. You know all kinds of guys. They had the Bradley channel challenge right where it was showcasing whatever kind of effort defensively that that he was kind of or became known for in that locker room and in that respect even while the numbers might say that you know losing him isn't a giant deal just from from the intangible ways or the things that that stats can sometimes miss that's where i'm most nervous about what the lakers are gonna what what they're not gonna have with bradley staying at home yeah, yeah, and I think that's the the content. But there's one guy actually. You know what? I want to bring up uh, another another player that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, let's do that after the short break. All right, we are back. You know, you're talking about what what you know, trying to find the the right chemistry and finding the continuity of it. Alex Caruso. You know, we look at this and 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 we say, okay, I, I don't know. He's kind of like a like a a guy who's I don't like a folk hero. I would say amongst Lakers fans, Does that sound about accurate, right? You know, people yeah. love him and and. And he, he, he can replace the defense, I feel like. Uh, you mentioned, the guy, you know, AD and, and, and Braun are talking about, and I've noticed that too, even, you know, covering practices and stuff, that they, they went out of their way to mention how good of defense, a, you know, AD has played b- before. And especially in that Clippers game, man, like, I was at that game, I was covering it, he was intense, he was getting into it, he was, he was talking trash, hitting everything that, that came his way. And you can tell he's one of those guys that helps elevate the level of, of the team, right? Uh, I don't think you're going to get that kind of energy from a guy like Danny Green. I don't think you're going to get that from a guy like KCP, but that attitude and that edge, that Avery Bradley bought um, is, is definitely going to be missed. But you look at the numbers. Okay, Alex Caruso. Remember, he's playing on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Best net rating on the team at 10.3. Tied with LeBron for the, for, for the best. His defensive rating, um, outstanding. Second best on the team, minus Jared Dudley, who obviously plays spot minutes. And you look at it, and I'm just comparing it with, with Rondo. Uh, on average, Rondo played three more minutes a game than, than, uh, than Caruso. Uh, Rondo's uh, defensive rating, 107.3. And it's like, okay, if Frank Vogel doesn't look at these underlying numbers, and now you're going to lose a bit on, on the playmaking ability, obviously, because Rondo is, is a better passer and a better maybe creator than, I would say, than, than Caruso is. But although their assist-to-turnover ratio pretty damn close, which is something you wouldn't expect, um, Caruso just point, I think, 4-2 behind, behind Rondo on that. So you're looking at it, and I, I think he's an option that can come in and fill that role. Now, I think Bradley's a better overall player, don't get me wrong, but I think Caruso just in terms of his defensive capabilities, his effort, his energy, I think he brings a lot more than, than a guy like Rondo at the end of the bench. And I think that's where you're right in, in, in what you're saying. It's like the Lakers, you have this you have this juggernaut of a team right now. You know what I mean? It's, it's Lakers, Bucks, Clippers, and everybody else. It's kind of their title to lose. So I don't think that's that's the number one thing. They have to look for, for improvement from within or somebody to fill that hole from within, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I mean, 
you're right about all that stuff about Caruso, but that's been the case all year. And like you said, like all the numbers that you said there, right, whether yep. it was the net rating, defensive net rating, or whatever whatever number that you want to point to, even assist to turnover ratio, like even with all those numbers, Rondo still averaged, what, like three minutes more per game than, yep. than Caruso? And yep. that's like, that's the, that's that's the part that I'm nervous about here, is that like even with all of, all of science pointing to us, right? It, with everything that 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 you know, you can see it on the basketball court. It is spelled out statistically. Even with all that going on, Rondo was still playing more minutes than Caruso. Now, the kinds of minutes and the time of game that Caruso was playing is definitely noteworthy, right? Like he was mm-hmm. a part of a few closing lineups and and all of that stuff. And so, you know, that's worth pointing it out to pointing out too. If you're if you're looking for a reason to feel confident uh, confident about what Vogel chooses to do here with Bradley out. But but also, you know, I Caruso, the one thing I'll say about Caruso is that by the by the time the hiatus was upon us, you had uh LeBron speaking about him, like effusively praising Caruso. You had Anthony Davis out there saying stuff like that. You had other teammates on the Lakers saying stuff like that. And like he became more than some cult hero, right? And he became something more than the internet meme. He became a legitimate and bone of bona fide NBA player that his superstar teammates really respected and really acknowledged what he brought to the table. So like if you're if you're looking for reasons to think that maybe just maybe Caruso will get these minutes or or Vogel will will really lean on the guys who deserve those minutes. Like that's, that's what I think I would probably point you in the direction to like why you can be optimistic. Uh, but you know, the, the, the number of minutes played so far this year is a pretty loud stat. And and that makes me nervous. Uh, even while like you and I both know this, like, this isn't even like a take. It's not, it's, I think it's not, everybody knows this. That's the problem. Yeah, everybody it's, but it's not Frank subjective. The guy sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's an objective fact that Caruso is a really good NBA player. I I would go so far as to say that if Caruso was playing a, you know, minutes con- commensurate with his talent, he would be considered one of the best point guards defensively in the NBA. Yeah. Like bar none. You know, yeah. you're talking about like the Marcus Smarts, you're talking about like you Patrick Beverly, you know, any number of 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 defensive-minded point guards. Caruso is right there with any of them. And, you know, when you consider what the Lakers are going to need from that position, defense is, you know, defense and three-point shooting. That's all the Lakers need there. LeBron's going to carry the load in terms of creating an offense. And he's going to be playing more minutes come playoff time than he was playing in the regular season. So all you need is somebody who isn't going to turn the ball over and is going to take and make open three-pointers and play his ass off on the other side. And and those are all those three things. Those are three things that I can comfortably say that Caruso brings. Yeah, and I think you you've summed it up perfectly there. I think that that and that's exactly what they need. AB was a guy who, hey, I'll stand in the corner and I'll hit some threes, and I'll try and guard the other team's best player when you need me to, or you know, second best player, and take the load off, uh, you know, LeBron or or you know whoever else is out there trying to play defense at that point. And I think that's where Caruso. And I do think he should get a little bit more opportunity. Um, for whatever reason it is, I don't know what happens at practice. Maybe Rondo lights him up or maybe Rondo plays him at practice. I, I don't know. But if you watch the damn games, we know that that Caruso um, <laughs> is the is the better option. Let's get to like an overall 
looking at the NBA and all this stuff. Like I said, I was positive news, man, that 16, only 16 players tested positive, meaning they can all kind of yeah. quarantine. They can all mind their own business. They're going to they're gonna be, be able to get on a plane that I'm sure will be completely sanitized and clean properly and get to Orlando, get on a bus and get the hell over to, uh, uh, to the Disney World complex where they're going to be staying. But is there anything that makes you, like just with the whole system, how much do you think it, it knocks the Lakers' title chances down, the fact that this is happening? Just off, I know we don't know the circumstances. We don't know anything yet. But do you think this is, is going to make it harder for the Lakers to win? Or do you think it's, hey, it's just basketball, man. They got to go out there and play and they're going to win. They got a great team. I actually think it helps the Lakers because other teams are going to be dealing with all these same variables too, right? Um, yeah. And so, like the things that I the things that I think are going to help teams be successful out there in Orlando is a pretty simplistic approach to offense, uh, team chemistry, and not a super reliance on the three point shot. And and I think all three of those things the Lakers actually grade pretty well compared to the other teams that are going to be out there. They run a pretty simple offense. The The concepts are basically, hey, create a mismatch and attack that mismatch. Um, or, you know, and then, you know, in terms of it, it was maddening sometimes how few three-pointers they would sometimes hit, but they were still finding success despite that. And then, like we talk, we've talked about a few times now is, is how well they all seem to get along. So when you're in, in if you're going to be isolated from, you know, large portions of the, the outside world, for months then you want to be able to to say comfortably that like, we get along and i yeah. think you can actually really say that about the lakers so I, I actually think like this setting is is i'm not going to go so far as to say tailor-made for the lakers because i obviously i would prefer not to be dealing with a global pandemic right now but but you know in terms we of all would, what we all would <laughs> yeah. but in terms of like what what like it, it's going to take to be successful out there i think the lakers grade pretty well yeah, I, I think so, too. I think they have the, again, and we, we can talk about this, like, this. they have LeBron. You know what I mean? And I saw a picture yeah, of him so getting cool. ready with his Having shirt LeBron off. Having LeBron teams on here. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's ripped, he's yoked, he's ready, he hasn't been sitting there drinking, eating, doing, and I'm sure there's going to be some players on some teams that gained a lot of weight over this time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised by that, but him, he's probably making sure he's texting the, the guys on his team three, three times, four times a day. Just being like, get your ass on the treadmill, get your ass out there running, do some uh, biometrics, <laughs> do whatever. But I, I think that's the one variable because I'm looking at it like this. At the end, yes, it's still basketball. Are the uh, is it gonna? Are the circumstances that of you know you're you're completely stuck. You're in you're in one little one little place. You can't leave. You can't do anything else. Obviously, they said they you know they're gonna have NBA 2K and movie you know screening places, and you can kind of hang out and do things. But I think that is gonna be more of a detriment to maybe younger players than it would to guys like LeBron who are like, we're gonna come here and we got to get our job done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that, and even I was talking to, uh, to Kaycock last week about it. Um, you know, he talked about the, the, what the differences are and what it's going to be like. And he mentioned it and he was kind of right. Cause I agreed with him. He's like, I, you know, the asterisk, you know, um, uh, argument that, Oh, that it's not the same. It's like, dude, this is hard to do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. being able to go there and, and, and I, I, I wouldn't, I don't think it cheapens it up unless a guy gets COVID like, uh, you know, Giannis gets COVID and he can't play anymore. You know what I mean? Or one of the, you know, a, a good player ends up getting, um, he ends up getting sick and then he has to sit out. I don't think it really cheapens it up. But I mean, when you're looking at what the Lakers, what the Lakers bring in and what they do, I still think it's there. I mean, the Clippers, I think, are going to be a handful. And that is going to be the Western Conference final. I think ultimately that, and I'm looking forward to seeing that series. But I, I do think that it, it's going to hurt the younger guys more who might get frustrated, might get bored, might want to try and get some women sneaking into the, uh, <laughs> sneaking into the, uh, into the bubble. I mean, what else, you know? 
I, I just don't see this being hurtful to the Lakers unless obviously somebody randomly gets coronavirus at some point. Yeah, I mean, the whole asterisk thing, like, that's always silly. The only times that really, like, you should actually put asterisks on championships are, like, with the Astros, right? With the with the Houston asterisks themselves, like, though, that's, that's the spot where yeah. a championship requires identification of, like, why that team won that championship. But you could go through all of sports history and find some reason to put an asterisk on any number of championships ever. And and so like for this one, you you have you have uh, I think it's going to be even tougher to win this championship than than any other championship there, um, unless the Celtics win it. Then I say like yeah th- that we should probably put it. It's we a joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the Clippers maybe right because the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, there are fourteen thousand fans in LA are going to be insufferable if they win. You do know that too, right? Dang, you're giving them a lot of credit. I don't know if it's fourteen thousand. <laughs> I went to I went to a Clippers Warriors game because my family came from out of town, so they wanted to go watch the Lakers were out of town that weekend, and so they were like, "All right, let's go watch the game." And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the difference between the two, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is like a like a mid mid major or mid level NCAA Division One program compared to playing at like Duke." You know what I'm saying? Even the atmosphere in the building, everything yeah. about it, it just it just feels so. Have you been to a Clippers game before or recently? Uh, well, I mean, we moved, so yeah, um, like before, before so, you moved. Uh, no, not, not since they got good. Like not since obviously not this year, The but like I watched a ton of them on TV. Like I, I cover the NBA for a living and the Clippers are the Lakers top competition. So like, this was a team that I was really, you know, really focused on throughout the year. And it was shocking to me how bad Clippers fans are like, not, not like, not like Utah jazz fan, bad, you know, that kind of bad or like Boston Celtics fan kind of bad, like not. It's not that kind of bad. I mean, like, legitimately bad at being sports fans. Like, not knowing when to cheer, not being loud enough in big moments, like, not not actually offering up any kind of uh, advantage. Like, actually, if, if you're a Clippers fan and you're looking for reasons to be optimistic, the fact that the Clippers haven't played in front of real fans all year <laughs> makes them better suited to, to, to handle all of this. So, like, I, yeah, I, it, was, it was shocking to me how bad they were at this. Like, you guys... This is the best team that you guys might ever have, you know, and yeah, I, I yeah. don't even say that as like a knock because they're a really effing good team. You know, Kawhi Leonard might by the time by the time he's all done playing, he'll have legitimate, you know, uh, points to be made in terms of like, is he a top 15 player? Is he a top like whatever, whatever that conversation looks like? You have Paul George, who is one of the most talented players and definitely one of the best second players uh, second best players on any team in the NBA right now. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a great set of role players. They have a really good bench, really good coach, right? So this is like a, a legitimately good to great NBA team. And yet, like, you go to those games, and it, it sounds like an arena football game. Yeah. And you just, it, just, it, just, it doesn't feel like a great NBA team's atmosphere. It's just like a bunch of people who were there because they were given tickets at work and and you know they root for the clippers because well i hate the lakers so i guess i'm going to root for the clippers and that's and, and that's exactly how the vibe is in those buildings yeah it's, it, it kind of feels like you're at like a, you know there's a difference right like i'm in my i'm in my mid 30s now so when i want to go out for a night on the town i go to like you know higher end places now you know what i mean or like not i'm not don't get me wrong, i'm not spending you know 400 dollars a night or 100 dollars a night just somewhere where it's a little bit more classier nicer 
and it has more of a feel to it. Going to a Clippers game is like going to a, a 21-year-old hangout. You know what I'm saying? It's loud. <laughs> it's weird. It kind of feels like, what am I doing here? This is, this is it's, It feels cheap. And then going to a Lakers, it feels much better. You know what I'm saying? That it, it, It's high-end. It, it, there's the... The way the fans are when the Lakers are good, it's second to none in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like the atmosphere and the vibe in that building. I, I was lucky enough to cover both the Bucks and Clippers game before the before the hiatus, and it was just awesome in there. Um, let's wrap up on this. So ESPN released its uh, odds for which uh, which teams have the best chance to win the title. So I'll break it down for you. Milwaukee Bucks, number one, 42.5%. Lakers, number two, 19.9%. Uh, Raptors in third at 12, just over 12. Clippers are fourth at just over nine. And then the Celtics are at seven point eight percent. How accurate do you think that is? I would probably say it slants a little too heavily in the Bucks' favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I just think, like, I if 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 it was more, if it was closer to like, you know, twenty percent across the board, basically, right? Where there is the yeah. Bucks, the Lakers, the Clippers, um, even yeah, I, I think Toronto, the Celtics, like that next tier down. You know, you're looking closer to like 10% or something like that. But I think I think the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Lakers, excuse me, should all have equal chance, like should be seen as having an equal chance of winning this thing. They are all really good teams. And and like the thing, the thing that you look for in playoff basketball is how good is a team at executing when the other team takes away that first thing, the thing that they are best at. Or can you execute that best thing when the other team is specifically engineering their defense to taking away that best thing that you do? You know, yeah. and and I think so for for like Milwaukee, Giannis, like, like Giannis is just really good at taking apart defenses that are designed to slow him down. Um, I, yeah. I, I think LeBron is probably better at it. Uh, and I think Kawhi is probably better at it. But Giannis is still really effing good at it, and and uh, I think for all of those teams, like they are they are built built really well for playoff basketball, and and I think you know I think they should all they they should all probably have like twenty five percent chance. That's that's probably how I would say is that like all three of those teams should have about a twenty five percent shot at at going home with this trophy. And then you're going to split split the rest between like the lesser teams like Raptors, yeah. Celtics, and, and whoever else. Yeah, I, I would say that's about right. I actually even think I, I think each of those teams have a 30% chance. I'm being honest with you. I think it's 30, yeah. 60, 90. And then the Raptors maybe have like a 4 or 5%. The Celtics have a 4 or 5% chance. I don't see anybody in the West being able to, to contend with those two teams. Like I know the Nuggets are a cute story and they, they have – a bunch of young guys and 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 play like this different style. Although Jokic looks ripped right now, you saw that too, right? He's lost a lot of weight, so I don't know how yeah. much that's going to impact him. But I don't really see anybody in the West. I, I, you know, a team like Houston could surprise, you know, and and maybe go to the Western Conference Finals and maybe beat, um, you know, the Clippers in in, in round two or something. But yeah, I just think it's going to come down to those three, and that, that's what I think it it, it really it's going to boil down to in in Orlando is okay. You're still playing basketball, you know. School. I, I see a lot of people uh, tweeting and and talking about. Oh, the factors like this and how it's like, dude, really at the end of it, you're just playing a damn basketball game. And if you got better players, doesn't matter if you're playing at the YMCA or you're playing on an NBA court, the better team should win. You know what I mean? And that's, I think that's yep. just what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's how the NBA goes like that. What makes this playoff really interesting is that like, it's really rare that you go into an NBA playoff setting with three teams having a chance at winning it. Right. Yeah. Like th- th- this, this setting that we are going to be getting ready for is pretty unique, actually. Mm-hmm. And, 
And yet still, like those teams should absolutely dominate the the odds at winning this thing. Yeah. You know, there's there there's just a it's a, it's a very clear tier system here that you see where where those top three teams are just are just better than the next tier. You know, like the Celtics might get hot and play some good basketball, but like they aren't they aren't as good as Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, Philly might, you know, maybe Ben Simmons takes like a single three pointer and and <laughs> and that yeah. inspires him to actually like care. Like, yeah, like maybe Joel Embiid uh yeah. has has actually gotten in shape you know something something you know those other teams have a puncher's chance at it but when you're looking at at you know the way nba championships are doled out it's almost always to the best team in the league and in a situation like this even in a situation like this where there are three teams that have very real claims to that title uh when there's such a difference in caliber across these tiers one of those three teams is, is gonna walk away with this championship i just i can't see any other team winning it uh, yeah injuries I, notwithstanding yeah i mean again all things being equal yeah i think that i think that's how it's gonna go down but hey at least you know what basketball is on the horizon so when we yep. record again next sunday we're gonna be closer and closer to uh to having some real basketball back in our lives you know pending obviously what happens with this coronavirus stuff but stay safe over there in uh in texas man i know things are getting out of control so hopefully you your family and and you know your wife and daughter everybody's doing well everybody listening to this please please for the love of all things holy wear a mask yeah it's the literal bare minimum that you need to do here care about your common man care about like your neighbor you know love thy neighbor care about care about like just just humanity in general put on a mask it's not a political thing it's a humanitarian thing it's that's all this is is just caring about the person who is next to you put on a mask and let's get through this thing so that we can actually enjoy the things that we've been missing the normalcy that we've been missing in our lives yeah i could i couldn't have said it any any better myself man that, that, that's the right way to put it and you know what if, if you're not wearing a mask in public you're being a selfish you know what <laughs> anthony that does it for this episode man thank you so much again for coming on and looking forward to talking again next week always fun man always fun all right that's anthony Irwin. he's a part of our podcast network as well uh, we're gonna be hosting every sunday all the way through till the start hopefully the nba restart and then finishing up as the season goes along. Don't forget as well, subscribe to our podcast network. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitch It, you name it, we're there. Uh, the Silver Screen and Roll podcast network. And of course, go to silverscreenandroll.com. Harrison, Christian, Sabrina, the entire crew, always keeping you all up to date with all the latest Lakers news. That does it for this episode. We'll catch you all next week.